All right, let's jump back into NBA Finals talk. Bucks steal one last night. They pick up a 20-point victory at the Pfizer Forum. It's now a 2-1 series over at BetMGM right now. You could find them as four-and-a-half-point favorites, the Bucks. that is, the Suns' four-and-a-half-point dogs. Let's talk with Dave Burns from Arizona Sports, 98.7. He's on there, 2 to 6 p.m. Dave, thanks so much for giving us some time tonight, man. What did you see in Game 3, if anything, that makes you feel confident that you guys could bounce back Game 4 after a 20-point loss? It wasn't so much what I saw, and good evening, guys. Thanks for having me on. It wasn't so much what I saw in Game 3, because there wasn't a lot to like in Game 3. I think what I have is the Suns' history in situations similar to this. They, they, they got up 2-0 against the Clippers. They lost game three, and the narrative there was, oh, the Clippers have figured it out. The Clippers are in their head. The Clippers are in Devin Booker's kitchen, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the Suns, now, if you remember that series, that was that super ugly, nobody scored in the fourth quarter, 84-81 game. Um, but the Suns were able to bounce back from that loss and were able to get back into the series. The Suns were able to bounce back being down 2-1 to the Lakers and get back into that series by winning game four. There's, there's sort of a history here, and Devin Booker in particular, I don't know why, his game three numbers across the board simply haven't been very good so far this postseason. I'm not sure what the correlation is there or why we were trying to figure that out. We think maybe he's a little tired based off of what he did last night. But but th- there was nothing about last night for me that would give me a ton of encouragement other than I know the Suns' history. I know that when they, they don't lose back-to-back games very often, mm-hmm. they certainly don't lose back-to-back games in these playoffs very often, and there has been a resiliency all year about them to just not allow a loss like, like last night to fester or last very long. That That's just sort of who they've been all year. Dave, thank you so much for joining the show. I just want to give you a little background of our show. We have a, a very Milwaukee-centric co-host of mine, Ryan Horvath, who brought you in. He also just phoned his friend, who's also the host of a Milwaukee talk show. So it's it's great to get some voice of reason on these airwaves. Dave, so, I was literally doing Milwaukee radio uh, mornings literally four weeks ago. Yeah, so no bias and involved. And I moved to D.C. during this run, and of course the Bucks finally, like all I wanted to do was cover the finals. They blow that 2-0 series lead against Toronto a couple years back. So obviously I'm rooting for the Bucks, but I do love the Suns as well, and I want to see Chris Paul eventually win a title, just not this year. Go on, Quinn. Just not this year. Yeah. Well, I yeah. hope it happens this year for Chris <laughs> Paul, because if it doesn't, I don't know how many more shots he's going to get at it, guys. Absolutely. I'm Ooh. right with you. Um, Last night, I look at that game, and I mean, we talk about the performance Giannis had, and I'm not in the business of betting against Giannis, but also DeAndre Ayton just not being in the game for these key pivotal moments. They have to go with some other funky, wonky lineups. Um. Yeah. Game four, do you expect there to be a change? And also, could you could you kind of help me? And you cover this team closer than anybody else. Can you help me understand the pattern of DeAndre Ayton in terms of starting games so fast? We'll look at the score. We'll look at the box score. We have 14, 16 points in the first quarter of the first half, and then he'll finish the game with 18, 20 points. He's non-existent mm-hmm. down the stretch. What kind of goes into his um, disappearing act in these late-game situations? I, you know what? I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give him pass. I'm going to give the kid a pass. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's as much him. I think with a backcourt of Chris Paul and exactly. Devin Booker, there is a tendency to establish him early, and then they kind of forget about him. Yep. And part of that second quarter for me yesterday, and we'll talk about the foul trouble in a minute because that was kind of unique to mm-hmm. these playoffs, and I'll explain why in a minute. Um, but in that second quarter, if you go back and kind of look at it again, he was out there. He wasn't in foul trouble for most of that second quarter. It wasn't until late 
when he kind of picked him up in rapid fire fashion, the Suns kind of forget about him. And, and I, I, it's they know it. They've talked about it. They've addressed it multiple times. We've got to remember he's out there. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. I, I think of him in some ways like a like a, and he's not a diva, but I'm just going to use this comp. He's kind of like that diva star wide receiver in the NFL. That if you're the quarterback, you know you've got to throw him a ball or two early in the game to let him know you haven't forgotten about him. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to go to you, big guy. You're the man. You're awesome. You're the best. Blah blah blah. Here's a ball. Now you know. Now we're going to run our offense the way we normally do. And I think with Aiton sometimes it's the same thing. Again, not because he's a D, but just because his level of engagement for the rest of the game goes so much better if he gets a few touches early in the game. And I'm not just talking about offensively. I'm talking about defensively. I'm talking about rebounding. I'm talking about feeling like he's in that game. He does much better when there is a willingness early to get him some touches and get him involved. The thing about it that's so frustrating is that when it works, like it did last night, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's Booker's youth, I don't know if it's the need to move the ball around, they, they, they go away from him. They forget him. They forget that he's out there. And, and last night it was very frustrating because there was a huge stretch in the second quarter where I and a lot of other people who covered the team thought that they could have done a better job of trying to re-engage DeAndre Ayton into the offense. And, Absolutely. And instead it was a bunch of... As far as the foul trouble goes, I'll tell you, man, that was a really rare situation for him this year. We have talked – I mean, the Suns played their first playoff game on May 23rd. So we've been talking about this for nearly two months now, wondering when that game was going to happen where DeAndre Eaton got in foul trouble and it impacted what happened on the floor. Guys, it's July 12th. It just happened for the first time last night, the whole postseason. He has been great with the fouls. He's been great about staying on the floor. He played 81 minutes in the first two games of this series combined yeah. while defending Giannis and Brooke. It's, it's, it, it, I'm hoping it was a one-time thing because I'm here to tell you right now we have not seen it at all these playoffs. Absolutely, and I want to talk a little bit about the foul trouble because last night the Suns only shoot 16 free throws. Giannis by himself shoots 17. You you kind of see the same thing uh, coming up in this next one with the officiating, especially like you just brought up. Okay, so DeAndre Ayton only played 24 minutes, got himself in foul trouble. I don't think you could go to Frank Kaminsky even for 14 minutes. I mean, granted, he gave you six points and four boards, but he was minus 12 in just 14 yeah. minutes. So do you see maybe... A change, especially after Monty Williams goes to the podium last night and brings up the officiating. Do you think maybe Suns get a couple more whistles in this next one? Well, yeah, you guys know how this thing goes, right? Yeah, I mean, yep, those are the absolutely. psychological mind games, right? right yeah, I mean, right. that's 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 what you do. You plant these seeds and hope that you know by the time the next game comes around, you've grown a little garden and and you 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 can the, the referees you've altered the outcome of the game. Now that's a two sided coin. Part of it is planting those seeds, but the other part of it is you have to have a team that is aggressively attacking the rim. And I'm looking square at Devin Booker on this one. He was very content, i.e. maybe tired, uh, to the point of of just jacking up a bunch of threes. He had 14 shot attempts. Half of them were from three. That is not Devin Booker's game. I I know that's the perceived version of of Devin Booker's game. His game is the mid-range jumper. His game is driving to the basket. His, his game is kicking out to open shooters when they collapse on him. His game is not just standing there and jacking up a bunch of threes. And so if you're going to play with that lack of aggression, you can't be surprised when Giannis, who was playing like a bulldozer, 
when he's getting every call in the world because he's aggressively attacking the rim and you're content to stand around, jack up a bunch of threes and not go after the rim yourself. So it, it's a two-sided coin. Monty said what he said. I'm sure there'll be more whistles in favor of the Suns as long as they have the aggression to warrant those whistles. It's, it's the two go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other, I think. Dave, I have one final question for you, at least on my end. And maybe it's a two-parter. Number one, what do you do you buy into like this Scott Foster thing? Like the him and Chris Paul. Like I, I think you have to, right? I, I feel like I kind of have to. Like the sample size is becoming undeniable at this point. Like, what's up with that? And secondly, of course, before we get you out of here, my partner and his Milwaukee fans have Bucks and Six. I still have Phoenix and Six, like a regular human being that knows the game. Please give us your picks before you get out of here. All right. I have Phoenix and six. Uh, that Thank was my you. pick all along. Um, but I tell you, after after last night, my, now my fighty sense is telling me that this thing's going to go seven. Mm-hmm. So I, I was I was Suns and six before. Uh, I'll still tell you right now I'm Suns and six, but I've got this little internal lean of wondering whether there's going to be a seventh game. That being said, the Scott Foster thing, the last game he officiated for the Suns or when the Suns were involved was that crazy game two against the Clippers, the Valley Oop. And remember, it took like 30 minutes of real time to settle the last 90 seconds of game time. That was a – and Chris Paul wasn't even on the floor for that game, but it was a Chris Paul game. I don't think Scott Foster had anything to do with last night's game at all. Yeah. I, I don't I, – I didn't even think it was really that poorly officiated of a basketball game, to yeah. be honest with you. I, I think – that if there was, I would hope that after what happened with Tim Donaghy and the NBA, I would hope that if there was any reason to think that a particular official had a particular vendetta against a particular player and was exercising said vendetta on the court by making sure that player's team never won a game, God, I would hope the league would step in and do something about that. I, I, I just don't, I don't believe it. I think it's a convenient easy thing to point to for a player when his team doesn't win or for a fan base when their team doesn't win to say, Oh, it's, it's Scott Foster's fault. He's the reason why <laughs> that, that's it. We, we lost because of him. I mean, he's, he's, he's not the boogeyman guys. He's not, he's, he's, he's not some evil spirit sent from another astral dimension. He's a referee. He's only got so much control over this anyway. Uh, I'm not blaming last night on Scott Foster. Not at all. That being said, I sure hope he's not working game seven of the series. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. And see, having, having said all of that, please don't put him in game seven. And, right. and Dave, like I say the same thing. Like I, we guys like us, like if you're in the business, you should know the officials names maybe. But if you're a regular fan, like it's better not to know the referees names. And growing up, even though I kind of root for Milwaukee now, that's because I spent the last four years there. I'm from Chicago, and I still have nightmares about Hugh Howland's calling that foul on Scottie Pippen the year that Jordan took off. So um, hopefully, for your guys' sake, he doesn't officiate Game 7. I got one more question, and it's about these sure. rumors with Chris Paul. Like, you know, the New York Post had a story out just three days ago. Knicks legend Earl Monroe thinks Chris Paul is made for Madison Square Garden. Uh, another one. The Knicks must go absolute broke to sign Chris Paul. Why would Chris Paul leave Phoenix after this season and head somewhere like New York. But, you know, are there anything to these rumors, or do you think he's back in Phoenix next year? I think he's back in Phoenix next year. Now, now I think he opts out of this contract. I, I, I think you okay. know he's got the forty-four million dollar player option, um, and I, I think at this point he knows he can opt out of that and and certainly get more than that. Uh, it, it, I mean, he could. 
opt in, take a chance that he has another good year like he had last year, and then cash in as an unrestricted free agent a year from now. My guess is that he and the Suns have stumbled onto this incredibly mutually beneficial arrangement, yeah. and I don't think the Suns are going to let him go anywhere. I, 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 my guess is either an opt-out and a new three-year deal with the Suns or an opt-in and then a two-year extension with the Suns that tax on another $30 million, $40 million for him to stay. Part of the reason why he likes Phoenix so much, not only is playing with Booker, he's a 60-minute flight from his kids in Los Angeles. Yeah, and, right. and unless he's willing to relocate the whole family to New York, I, that's why I just I don't get that rumor at all because he does like being close to his kids. He does like being close to his family. And he's just not going to get that in New York. I don't think he's going anywhere, but I, I get it. The Leon Rose and the New York tabloids, and they need a point guard, and they've got money to spend. I, I don't think it's going to. I don't think those rumors are going anywhere. But I don't think Chris Paul is going anywhere. He'll be back next year. I think he'll be here for a few years. Hey, I think. Hey, one last. We got thirty seconds. How big of a shame was it that Tom Thibodeau was Coach of the Year over Monty Williams? It's just, just a crying shame. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. just a just a damn shame. It, it didn't. It, it really pissed a lot of people off around here. I'll be perfectly blunt with you. It, it, it was really upsetting to people that he didn't get that, that kind of recognition. This team that won 19 games two years ago, exactly. and he's not the coach of the year. It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Dave, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thank we really you, appreciate it. I still say Bucks and seven, but you know what? It's okay to be <laughs> on the wrong side of history sometimes. Good, good luck, Dave. <laughs> find him on Twitter. He's at Burnsy987. You can find him on Arizona Sports, 98.7 as well, 2 to 6 p.m. Thanks a lot, man. Enjoy the rest of the series. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You too. Appreciate it, Dave. Man, he's that now. That now I feel better about the show, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a couple hours into the show, I gave you guys these five star plays about Juan Soto, and then all of a sudden, I get attacked from Milwaukee beat writers and <laughs> radio hosts. I had to give Dave on here to come speak some <laughs> sense into the public. Thank you, Dave.